You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here to break down the Kansas City Chiefs' second Super Bowl in the last decade, a 38-35 victory over... You know who it is, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles do not come away with their second Super Bowl in the last decade. And it is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. And I got to say, Chris, there was a lot to this game, right? There was a bad playing surface. You had Patrick Mahomes come down with an injury mid-game. He plays through it. You had the ticky-tacky penalty towards the end of the game on James Bradbury. There was a lot to kind of go over here. But at the end of the day, I can't lie, man. I'm just happy the Philadelphia Eagles did not win the Super Bowl. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I am doing well. A little tired, but like you said, seeing the Eagles lose that definitely uh, that definitely makes the lack of sleep a little bit better. I'll say this though. I am a big Jalen Hurts fan. Like I like Jalen Hurts. I this goes back to his time at Alabama. I've always had a lot of respect for Jalen Hurts, and now I look at how he has developed as a quarterback and some of the throws that he made in this game. Specifically, the throw to AJ Brown. Man, he just threw that guy to a spot that was open, and AJ Brown just ran underneath it for the touchdown. I'm just uh, really, I'm happy for him as an individual. I just hate the fact that he plays in green in Philadelphia. (laughs) That is 100% the way I feel as well. I have a lot of admiration for Jalen Hurts. He's kind of like Dak Prescott for me. Like he, he is a guy I, I just enjoyed watching. I grew to really appreciate him as a college prospect. And just as a man, as a football player, I cannot hate him. And like you said, it just it just sucks that he's a Philadelphia Eagle. And I have been incredibly impressed with his growth since coming into the NFL. And he had a phenomenal game. Yeah, I just just for fun, I brought up some of the advanced stats on the <clears throat> on the Super Bowl. And this was Jalen Hurts' line. 57 plays, an an average EPA per play of 0.25, a total EPA of 14.1. So just his play by itself was worth two touchdowns for the Eagles. His average depth of target was 10 yards downfield, but he still completed, not counting throwaways, 82% of his passes. That is incredible. Yeah, we saw just two fantastic quarterback performances because Pat Mahomes was brilliant as well. Maybe doubly so considering the injury he was playing with. (laughs) Doubly so. I absolutely love it. And you're right. Pat Mahomes had a 
fantastic game. He willed his team to victory along with just excellent scheming from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and that Kansas City Chiefs offensive coaching staff. And I also find it fascinating, I guess, but it is kind of a testament to the Eagles as a football team, how they can beat you in so many different ways. Because you brought up how he had a, what, is it 10 yards average per attempt per pass attempt for Jalen Hurd? 10.1. Against the Giants, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it could not have been that, right? Because it was just nickel and dime and run the football, and we're just going to attack the second level. We're going to attack these linebackers because the Giants linebackers can't do anything against the Eagles. And that's exactly what happened. But if you were to look at the Kansas City Chiefs at the second level, right? Yeah, they were giving up a couple explosive plays down the field. Steve Spagnuolo, you know, when it was one-on-one situation, sometimes with a safety over the top. But man, not to talk too much about the Giants, could you imagine the Giants had Nick Bolton and Willie Gay at the second level, man? Those linebackers flew around. Leo Chanel, too, throw him in there, dude. They were an absolute joy to watch in this game. Yeah, the fact that Nick Bolton almost had two scoop and scorers in this game, like <laughs> Giants fans would be losing their mind if that happened in just uh, if that happened in a preseason game, let alone the Super Bowl, the Giants fans would be losing their mind. And yeah, just to talk about Jalen Hurts's average depth of target, I went back and looked that up. Week 14, there the first t- time the Giants, the Giants starters and the Eagles starters played. I, I'm keeping week 18 out of it. We'll put, put that off to the side. Hertz had an average depth of target of 9.6 yards. The second time around that, or in the playoffs when they played, Jalen Hertz's average depth of target was six yards. Yeah. It, you talk about just the adaptability and the way they are able to mold to what the opposing defense is allowing. It, it really does make this team, that team very difficult to beat, which again, speaks to how well the chiefs played overall. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs, man. But one of the biggest situations in this game, man, one of the biggest plays, like if I was writing my five play article on this really fantastic, fascinating game, right? Back and forth. But one play that a lot of people will probably forget, but it was just astronomically huge, was the third and one with 10, 12 left in the second quarter when Isaac Siamalu false start on a third and one, man. You know the Chiefs were picking that up. I mean, you know the Eagles were going to pick that up, right? Because when do the Eagles not get that quarterback sneak? But Siamalu doing that false start led to a third and five, Chris. And on that third and five, Jalen Hurts fumbled the football, and Nick Bolton returned it for that touchdown. You're talking about an Eagles team that was driving, right? Before this, they had a three and out. That was their second drive, but they went 11 plays, 75 yards on their opening drive, then five plays, 68 yards for a touchdown. And they were in the process of driving before that fumble. And then when they got the football back, they responded with a 12 play, 75 yard touchdown drive. Man, dude, that that false start by Isaac Siamalu was backbreaking, dude. And it really gave the Chiefs so much life to get back into that football game. Yeah, that that absolutely gave them the breathing room they needed because, like you said, the the Eagles are picking that play up. They are picking up that first down. Their ability to run the quarterback sneak and then build a whole offense off of that quarterback sneak is quietly one of the more amazing things to me about just the way the Eagles played in 2022. And God, it I said back during the draft... I hate it when Philly does smart things and a large part of me just hates how good they were this year. But 
yeah, credit where credit is due. We have to call it out. And yeah, you know, we're to the point now the season's over, postseason's over. Now's the point when the Giants can start making moves to get to that level, to close that talent gap and get so we can talk about the Giants this way, which is what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm right there with you, getting the Giants the personnel that they need. Maybe some of those personnel pieces are currently on the Philadelphia Eagles at the linebacker position and guys like TJ Edwards or Kaiser White. We'll have to wait and see what exactly happens there. And man, Chris, you know what? Actually, before we get into the James Bradbury hold, the Kadarius Tony effect and the impact that he had on this game and some of those adjustments that the Chiefs made in the second half, all those pivot routes, man, just to take advantage of man coverage and match principles from Jonathan Gannon. I absolutely loved it. Before we get into that, let's actually take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Chris, let's start with Kadarius Tony, right? Kadarius Tony, he had two huge plays. One was a touchdown pass where he faked motion and he got Darius Slay to just basically sprint towards the center of the Philadelphia Eagles defense just to pivot right back out wide open, caught the football and just trotted into the end zone. And then he had a gigantic punt return later in the game as well that set the Chiefs up within their 10-yard line with striking distance. So Kadarius Tony had a huge impact on this football game. And you know what? Good for him. We know who Kadarius Tony is, right? Kadarius Tony is a player who is probably one of the most, actually definitely one of the most exciting football players when he has the football in his hands. But how reliable is he in terms of staying healthy? And how reliable is he in terms of understanding and knowing a an entire playbook, right? Because it's not even like the Chiefs use him out there every single play. They have designed plays for him, but he is such a fantastic athlete that he can take advantage of those designed plays and help you win a Super Bowl as he did for the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, man. So what were your thoughts on Kadarius Tony's impact in this game? Yeah, I think that's that kind of sums it up perfectly. That kind of sums Kadarius Tony up perfectly. He is, he is almost the biggest T is in a lot of ways in the NFL where you can see glimpses of what he is capable of doing as an athlete. Yeah, He doesn't have the raw speed that Tyreek Hill has, but he has incredible stop-start quickness, which is what we saw on that punt return where 
he manages to haul it in. He was he wasn't exactly under the punt as it came down, but he managed to haul it in. And it looked for all the world like he was tackled. And then he just kind of stops, hops backwards about, I don't know, half a yard or so, and then takes off in a completely new direction and winds up having the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. And it really was that first move that made the whole thing possible because there were about four Eagles defenders, coverage players, right there. One of them lunged forward to tackle him. Tony made him miss, and everybody else was completely flat-footed. Yeah, they didn't keep contain on him at all. And then he was just able to find a whole convoy of blockers to pick up about 60 yards from there. And then the touchdown, that, like you said, that was just phenomenal play design. It it wasn't even a play action pass because there wasn't e- there wasn't anything like a mesh point. It looked like it was going to be a play action, but Mahomes never even stuck it in the running back's belly. He just kind of shrugged his shoulders in the general direction of the running back. And then Tony faked jet motion. The entire Eagles defense bit on it. And there was nobody between him and the end zone, between Tony and the end zone. And if I remember correctly, that was basically the same play design that the Chiefs used on Tony's very first NFL touchdown right after he got traded. So, you know, good for Tony, good for the Chiefs. You have to love how Andy Reid is able to just kind of tailor these plays, tailor his his whole offensive philosophy around just getting these individual athletes the ball and putting them in position to make plays. Also just understanding how to take advantage of the defense that you're going against, right? Like you knew that Darius Slay was going to react that way to Kadarius Tony using and leaning on pre-snap movement and pre-snap motion to get the defense to do exactly what you want to set up the touchdown. That's what happened on that Kadarius Tony touchdown, right? And then you can even look at the penalty by James Bradbury. That was not the same exact route, but it was a similar pivot to the outside route and then fade to the back pylon that prompted James Bradbury to tug and then kind of grab the hip a little bit. Now we can get into that play specifically. Look, I don't love the fact that the flag was thrown at that moment. I think it was it was a third it was a third down situation and I think it was just too big of a moment for such a kind of ticky tacky call. Maybe by the letter of the rule, yeah, that could be defensive holding, but man, that is that takes some some stones to throw at that moment, Chris. Like if I was an Eagles fan, I would be pretty mad because I felt like Carl Shepard's crew was they weren't really seeing all that much, which I love, right? Like they weren't flag happy in this game whatsoever that's excellent but to throw the flag in that moment oof, it might have been the quote-unquote right call but damn dude i'd be really really pissed if i was an eagles fan yeah but by the same token i think you'd also be really really pissed if basically the eagles won because of a no call when a defensive back a cornerback obviously affected the wide receivers route you know we saw Juju Smith-Schuster stop. We saw him be turned and basically not able to get into his route well enough to get back to where the ball was. So that really is a very tough spot to be in as an official because either way, you are affecting the outcome of the game. Yeah, And I'm not sure what is better or worse for the game, having the outcome 
changed because of a penalty that you called or have the outcome changed because of a penalty you didn't call? And I, I think it really comes down to how the whole rest of the game is called. I don't mind the officials calling the game by the letter of the law. And if the defense is, you know, pushing the boundaries, testing the limits and, you know, holding on every play like the Seattle Seahawks used to do, <laughs> yeah, throw the flags, but then play, call the game that way the whole game. Yeah. I've checked the NFL rule book. I don't see a quote unquote rule of cool in there where, you know, the, the moment's the biggest. So, okay. The rules don't exactly matter as much then, you know? So it, I'm also fine with just the let them play philosophy of officiating. Just pick one and stick with it. You know, if, you weren't being flag happy if you were letting guys go, you know, letting letting defenders be maybe a little bit more physical than some other officiating crews might. Fine. Stick with that the whole game. It, it's when officials start applying the rules inconsistently that I think everybody has a problem. Yeah, and I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but I don't believe either of us are saying that the outcome was determined by the officials or anything like that. It's just... It's a little bit disappointing probably when you when the outcome when 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 a ticky tacky type of call like that that hasn't been called the entire game ends up kind of taking the air out of the balloon where it looked like you could be setting up for a Jalen Hurts comeback. Now I didn't want that personally, but it would have set up for probably a more exciting end of the game, right? If the Chiefs kicked the field goal and then the Eagles had a chance to drive down the football field. At the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter because that's not what happened. And James Bradbury himself said it was holding. I do think it was holding. It's just one of those things where it's just, man, dude, if <laughs> you know Giant Nation would have went absolutely crazy if this was the Super Bowl and that same exact play happened to them with the way it was called as you articulated just a little bit ago. But this game was not determined on a James Bradbury hold. All right. This was a really, really exciting game back and forth. Also love the sky more touchdown. All he did, we took two steps inside. He got the cornerback to cheat over the top. And then he just went right towards the pylon, man. I'm telling you my football, it's a game of space. It's a game of leverage. And also before we get out of here, man, we should probably talk about one Mr. Patrick Mahomes because Pat Mahomes had one hell of a game. Excellent decision maker per usual. What were your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes in this one? Man, but we touched on it earlier. Pat Mahomes is incredible. He is just in a tier of his own as a quarterback right now. And he honestly, I think deserves to be talked about in the same breath as Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Joe Montana, those guys. I, I have absolutely no problem talking about Patrick Mahomes as a future hall of fame legend because Barring something unforeseen happening, that is the trajectory that he is on. And to me, just the way he has been able to develop his game where, yeah, as as a younger quarterback, he had this incredible arm and he would love to attack downfield, stretch the defense vertically, make throws that no other human walking the earth should even consider attempting. And he doesn't makes it look easy. But now we've seen him grow some patience, mature, not just as a quarterback, but as a, as a man. And 
you know, we talked about how Jalen Hurts, his average depth of target was 10.1 yards. Pat Mahomes' average depth of target was 6.2. And this is a guy with just an absolutely unreal arm who is just completely changing how he plays the game. So he is willing to take what the defense gives him now and just isn't forcing the ball downfield. And also the ankle probably had some had some impact on that because he didn't have the mobility that he normally does to avoid pressure. So he had to get the ball out quicker. But to me, that also makes that fourth quarter run that set up the game winning field goal that much more impressive because anyone who saw Holmes limp off the field after that ankle injury was aggravated in at the end of the first half, you know, I was wondering if Chad Henney was going to be coming onto the field to start the second half for the Chiefs. Yeah, Mahomes was in obvious pain. He obviously also got an injection of some kind <laughs> during halftime because I wouldn't be surprised if he stepped in a bear trap and couldn't feel it on that fourth quarter run. Between painkillers and adrenaline, he might not have even known he had a leg left down there. But also just one thing I want to end with is the offensive scheme, the play design on that run. That was incredibly familiar to me after watching a season of Mike Kafka. How often have we seen the Giants with basically a two-read, a two-man read on an offensive scheme, quarterback's first read, second read, the running back flares out, pulls the linebacker who is in man coverage away the blockers open up the middle the seas part and there is nobody in front of the quarterback and he takes off exactly how many times did we see that this year we saw it all the time chris <laughs> <laughs> yes i i would say on average 10 times a game <laughs> yeah that was a huge part of the overall philosophy of the new york giants which i appreciated too if you don't love what you see daniel jones don't sit back there and get killed like you did in your earlier years throughout your career no take off use one of your best assets which is your legs and that's not something that patrick mahomes has done all that much he had that 26 yard run that was the longest run of the season for patrick mahomes and it came in the super bowl with less than three minutes left in a tied game. Like that is such a huge moment for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's doing it all on a bum ankle, man. So, and then again, man, it was what Hassan Reddick got a little bit too high up the arc and Patrick Mahomes was able to just kind of look around and he saw Hassan Reddick and then he was able to outrun Hassan Reddick, a guy who almost had 20 sacks this season. Like that is a, that's a gigantic moment, man. I'm happy for Patrick Mahomes. But Chris, you have anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, you know, just one thing and it's something I messaged you about basically immediately after the game was over uh do we think that Andy Reid's performance in this game the way he out schemed the best defense in the NFL do we think that's going to influence Mike Kafka and his potential hiring by the Arizona Cardinals hmm how so like what where what are you thinking about that because I think Mike Kafka's in the running. I think it's going to come down to Mike Kafka or I've heard Jonathan Gannon's name thrown in there as well. And by the time people are listening to this, they might know. But what, what, where, where are you going with that? What do you think about it? Yeah, I think we have seen NFL teams look at coaching trees. 
you know, the Sean McVay tree has been red hot lately. And I think the Andy Reid tree has also produced a bunch of very good coaches lately. And in particular, that the reason that fourth quarter run and the way the Chiefs have adopted the quick game, that is so reminiscent of what we saw this year from Mike Kafka. And or maybe what Mike Kafka has done is so reminiscent of what he learned from Andy Reid. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the way the uh, chicken and egg should go. You know, I really have to wonder if the Arizona Cardinals, who need to maximize Kyler Murray and his forty million dollar a year cap hit, yeah, it's basically between right now Mike Kafka and two defensive coaches. I would not be surprised at all if maybe even by the time our listeners hear this, the Arizona Cardinals decide to jump on Mike Kafka to get that piece of the Andy Reid coaching tree and try to maximize their young quarterback. Yeah, I can see them doing that as well. I mean, I, I think Kafka was going to be in the running regardless at this point. It just is going to come down to the other coordinators who were in the on the remaining teams that the Cardinals want to to interview and bring in. And I'm hoping that Kafka doesn't go because I think he is one of the brightest young offensive minds in the NFL. And I think he proved that this season with just how adaptable he was with his play calling, how he sequenced plays. I mean, we can go on and on ushering praise on Mike Kafka, but we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens there. Wink Martindale, he's not going to be the coach of the Colts. That was already made clear. And as much as I want Wink Martindale to have success and grow in his career, I'm also selfishly happy that he is going to be retained and stay here because I think he is an excellent defensive coordinator. But Chris, anything else now before we get out of here, bro? No, I think that's enough for now. All right. Sounds excellent. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com and check out all of our written content covering the Super Bowl, covering the NFL draft, the combine, and everything New York Giants. Let's hope the New York Giants can get to a place soon where we could be talking about them in the big game. Take care of each other, everyone, and have a lovely one. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze, and now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com VIYA.